0: This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast. With your hosts, Josh. It means that you yeah. don't
1: really care about the preservation of cinema. You just want to keep making money. And Willis. So
0: we're going to make Plane 2. We're going to make Boat. We're going to make Train. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really is means
1: we have some information regarding the director's guild of america that may or may not impact the rest of the industry including the wga Mm -hmm. and the other guilds because of course they are the first ones to you know have talks about their contract and They have come to some sort of agreement, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. We're also going to try and get to the bottom of why everyone seems to put all of their major summer blockbusters right smack dab in the middle of July, because that's going on right now. Because there are other months. (laughs) Yes. And we know this. Nolan has the 21st of July locked down since like... Uh, memento i think like that is his day so we're going to talk a little bit about that and then we've got to talk about our buddy david Zaslov over there at uh warner brothers discovery and all of the wonderful decisions that he has been making over his pretty limited run since the merger um yeah yeah so we're going to talk a little bit about that before we do that let me run through what's coming out this week because we have a couple things uh for theaters Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is here, June thirtieth. I am worried about this film. Um, Yeah, and I love James Mangold, but I'm worried, man. I don't know. I'll probably see it, but I'm a little nervous. Um, Mm. But it's how are your What are you feeling about it? Because you were you were. I,
0: I I'm I'm up for it. I haven't seen much. About it in the past like month or so. Yeah. Um, I mean I'm still hyped for it. it. It's like an interesting question of like if it is not really good is like Indiana Jones just like not for this time. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like yeah. the two that we've gotten since the original trilogy are if they're if they're no good then it's like let's. Indy doesn't work anymore. You know.
1: Yeah. Maybe fine. we need to.
0: Um, It doesn't need to be a massive franchise it can be just a a fiver
1: yeah yeah well and it is a massive the thing it's like it is a big franchise so it's like we just regardless we'll see what happens when it releases my hopes are yeah they're in the middle um we also have something that i didn't really know was coming we have a new dreamworks animation film uh ruby gilman teenage kraken which i watched the trailer for i mean you know I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. It looks interesting. Um, The animation is very strange because it doesn't look uh, Mm -hmm. as polished or as defined as I'm used to these days for all of these big animated features. But I don't know. They're trying something. They're definitely going for something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's coming to theaters for shows. We got Hijack coming to Apple TV Plus on the 28th. Muscles and Mayhem, An Unauthorized Story of American Gladiators, Netflix, 28th. Uh, the Witcher's coming back. It says The Witcher Volume 1, but I believe this is Season 3, coming to Netflix on uh, June 29th. And then yeah. Jack Ryan coming back for Season 4 on Prime, June 30th. Um, haven't watched one. That's second. one of those things that I can <laughs>
0: like they're just going to keep making that we're going to get it's going to be like supernatural we're just going to be like oh yeah here comes season 15 of uh yeah of jack ryan
1: yeah krasinski just and like yeah thing. good
0: on krasinski he's just like yeah i'm here
1: yeah fuck it who cares good.
0: keeps me in shape
1: Ex- exactly um yeah <laughs> so that's basically what we've got coming this week uh not too much but again there's tons of stuff coming like that are already in theaters and on streaming so Uh, Yeah, without further ado, let's talk about some DGA nonsense. So the DGA, we've spoken about um, the Directors Guild of America, uh, because they have really what's been going on is all the guilds have their contracts uh, that are coming to an end this year, and the DGAs came to an end, the WGAs came to an end, and the SAG is coming to an end. So... The DGA have voted to ratify the latest contract with um, an 87 to 13 vote. So most of the voting body that was actually voting voted to ratify this. And only yes. around 41% of the voting body voted. But as I read that that actually exceeded any prior DGA ratification vote. Yeah, that's a vote. big number. So that's a big number. I wonder yeah. why they don't all vote.
0: I, I mean, I think it's this that's the same argument if you have of why don't people vote in like presidential elections or anything like that. It's like, yeah, some yeah. Some people are just like, don't care.
1: Right. You know? Yeah.
0: Um, which is like kind of crazy because it's like, whoa, this like directly affects you.
1: That's, um, yeah. But
0: uh, I don't know.
1: Well, regardless, they have voted to ratify the latest contract, which has some interesting yes. things in it. But for me, the major. The major point here is that this takes a lot of steam out of the Writers Guild strike. And we mm-hmm. spoke a little bit before the pod that we hadn't really heard much on the front of the Writers Guild in a week or two, really?
0: A week or two, yeah.
1: Which is a long time. Of,
0: I see a little bit or something here and there every now and then, but like, I know they're still out there. Um, yeah. But like, there doesn't seem to be anything either there's no news to report or the news doesn't care enough to report um, or six of one. But yeah, Yeah. I mean, this is, this is not the greatest thing for the WGA. Um, It kind of, I don't even want to say this, but like it almost gives validation to the studio side of saying like, well, like the directors are fine with what we're talking about. Right. You know, why are you being such a stickler? And like, you know, I'm sure that's a wild oversimplification and you know, like I do support the WGA. I'm not like you sure know, <laughs> bailing on them here. But um yeah, it's it's tough, man. I mean the DGA, I don't know. Should we should we run through a little bit like what they uh
1: some of the terms?
0: What they've got, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so well, generally speaking, they got um increases in pay generally across the board. So for mm-hmm. wages and benefits Um, they claim groundbreaking gains in wages and benefits, including a 5% increase in the first year of the contract, 4% in the second year and three and a half in the third year, um, an additional 0.5% to fund a new parental leave benefit, which is good. All of this stuff is good. It's not that it's not good. It's just not necessarily enough. And the stuff that they were, uh, especially the stuff that overlap between the guilds.
0: Yeah. And I think wage is, And, like, benefits are usually the thing that, like, you know, most negotiations are about that in some capacity. So it's, like, almost like, well, there's going to be some kind of wage increase. Like, there's no way anyone ever goes, like, well, all right, I guess I just won't get more
1: money. Right, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um,
0: So, like, that's one of those. It's like, okay, like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Props to parental leave stuff. But, um, yeah. Yeah, they were going to make more money. Um, There's also movement on global streaming residuals here big movement Um, big movement um which is like a lot of what the big conversation has been around now this is like global as opposed to like something specific for the u.s or anything like that but like Mm -hmm. um we're looking at i believe it's a 76 percent increase in foreign residuals yep for the largest platform so basically like 90 grand for a one-hour episode um for three years
1: mm-hmm.
0: to stream it, which is yep. crazy, which is wild. Yes. Um, and like good for them. That's one of the big things that's like, you know, everyone's talking about like how much money really am I like, what am I trying to say here? Like, what's the benefit of making something if like, it just doesn't like pay out when it's right. Done, you know what I mean? Right. Like, um, <laughs>
1: exactly. It's a job as well as a creative endeavor.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but that's like, that's huge. That's, awesome
1: um yeah weird because it kind of kind of touches on the residuals issue like sort of like Mm -hmm. it it skirts the issue the main issue by going global and making it foreign residuals only and only for the biggest platforms and um it was svod and so like they are talking about residuals but it's not The whole picture, which is a big problem still.
0: I will say also uh, they have established the industry's first ever terms uh, for non-dramatic programs, um, Mm -hmm. meaning variety and reality shows, um, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting thing. And sort of I feel like something that's going on in the industry as a whole. Yeah, it's not just like these shows. There's like a whole bunch of television that exists sort of outside of like the normal, like rules and whatnot that they're talking about here. Yeah. Um, Totally. That doesn't make sense. It it, it exists outside the normal, like um, standards, I guess.
1: Yeah. 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 Here's
0: your dramas. Here's your comedies. Here's like, you know, there's a whole other like industry out there that like doesn't have the same kind of conversation around that kind of stuff. And it's cool. I mean, there are a lot of people that like make reality TV. 100% say what you will about it, but it like, there's a lot of it out there and it's becoming more and more centralized. So that's pretty dope.
1: Yeah. Yeah. AI. They, they referenced AI. This is going to be a big thing. Yeah. This
0: is going to be a big, so AI, there is an agreement that AI is not a person and that generative AI cannot replace the duties performed by members.
1: So Which for a director, I don't, though, I'm like,
0: yeah, for a director, that's the thing. I'm like, I don't really know what that means. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what AI is like directing. Right. Um. That seems like one of the later <laughs> developments in AI. It's like, we'll get all of the, I will say like the departmental AIs before we get a director AI, you know, totally. um, even saying departmental makes me sound weird because I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I don't mean like hair and makeup, you know?
1: Well, sure, yeah. But, like, writing, I mean, really, again, this comes back to it. Writing is one of the only, and I guess acting to a degree, those are some of the only things that could really be replaced by AI well, in some kind of it's meaningful come into play, way. And
0: it's going to come into play with, like, animated features and things like that.
1: For, for sure, time. yeah.
0: But the important thing here, I think, is that this is, like, language around it. Yes. This is, like, past agreed-on language that, like... You know, precedent is like the cornerstone of you know, all argument really. And here it is like they're saying like AI is not a person. Right. You know, and if however member however many members of the the WGA, would we say like forty thousand? Something um, like that. No, sorry, no, no, no. Uh sixteen thousand, forty percent is yeah. Um gotcha. but like sixteen thousand people saying that like yeah, AI is not a person is not an insubstantial precedent. Um right. And that's, like, a a cool kind of step in the right direction, I think, for mitigating the overwhelming flow of uh, AI that's coming towards us. Right. Um, And, I mean, there's a few other things here. You know, there's movement on uh, compensation for uh, feature directors and episodic directors. um, Yeah. Reduction in hours. Um, It's weird because, like, we're looking at this list of, of... uh their agreements and everything is very um dramatic language written i know it's all historic (laughs) first time compensation or you know unprecedented reductions or first ever etc etc you know um but i mean like you know it's it's their their win list so they have all the uh all the right
1: exactly and and really this is kind of a I wouldn't say like a motif, but this has happened before where the DGA has kind of not like gone over the WGA's head or anything like that, but they've come to an agreement a lot quicker. And that, like we've said, takes the steam out of a lot of what the WGA is, is trying to gain out of these strikes. That being said, do you think this is a good or a bad thing? Like, because we have, like you said, we have language here now that is precedent and if this could in any way push them towards making an agreement, because I don't know, man, the studios, it's greed. Are they ever gonna fold? I don't think so. Yeah.
0: Well, so like I feel like this is a the DGA things here are a win in the long term, but not so much in the short term. Like I do think this hurts the WDA. I think this weakens yeah. their position. Right. Um but like Language around AI is not nothing. And, you know, yeah. a huge boost in global streaming residuals is a step forward.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: as much as you want, like, a bigger step forward, like, I understand that. But, like, we're not standing in the same spot to completely stick with my me- my metaphor. Like, you know, there are steps that are happening. Um Right. So maybe we're not getting there as fast as we want, but we are going in that direction. So, like, I, I see it as when it sucks because it is weakening the WGA's stance. Um, But
1: I don't know. We'll see. We will see. It's interesting because there are quite a few members that overlap into both guilds that are very prominent in the space, you know, as writers and directors. And um, I don't have any specific examples because none of them publicly stated anything, but there was a lot of, like, kind of grumbling about that among them being like we don't actually yeah. support what's going on here because this isn't exactly what we want and it's just it's so weird man all of this is so strange and these guilds are like it's tough it's tough to get everybody what they want in the moment that they need yeah. it you know and when you're going up against you know you you're not the people with the pocket with the deep pockets you know and it's like yeah it's tough i don't know man i don't know
0: yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the what SAG after does. Yeah, um,
1: that's yeah.
0: It's weird too. Also, though, I have like we've been following it and we've heard about it, but I haven't heard that much coming out of SAG in terms of like I know their stance and like where their issues are and what they're fighting for and all that kind of stuff. Which makes me think it's not. And I mean, this is speculative, but like makes me think it's not as um, there's not as much conflict as perhaps with the WGA. Sure. You know, again, because like a lot of these, a lot of these issues affect writers more than these exactly. other teams. You know, um, yeah. Like there is a level to which I'm like with animated stuff. Yeah, like there is AI that could replace vocal work, et cetera, et cetera. But that's a very specific use case, right? In SAG-AFTRA, like mm-hmm. there's you know, not AIs that are going to be. Jumping onto set and like performing, you know, (laughs) monologues. Uh, sure. Whereas there are tools currently that exist that could just like completely write a script for you, right? You know, yes. Um, and I'm not saying they're good or anything like that, but like that technology is a lot closer than these other guilds, uh, have to deal with. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what Zag does. I, I don't. I don't know. I haven't heard anything like that's, I I know like we're looking for it and I'm not hearing anything. So
1: yeah, the last thing that we heard was that they uh, voted to authorize a strike if necessary. And we will know. I mean, dear listener by the next episode, we'll know what is going on (laughs) because it happens on Friday. Ah, so strange. Very, very strange. Something else that's very, very strange is the fact that these studios seem to be putting All of their eggs in one basket, and that basket being July for theatrical releases of their most expensive films, Um, excluding the Marvel and DC stuff because they run all year long from like, you know, May through. But
0: well, I will say, let's also put a pit in that because I think that's part of what's going on here. But yeah,
1: sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But just for, I guess, a little bit of an example, this July. We have Mission Impossible, Part. Wait, what is it? Mission Impossible. Well, seven? we'll start
0: on. We'll start tomorrow, June thirtieth. Yeah. Indiana Jones.
1: Right, Indiana Jones, which is you know the thirtieth. Huge tentpole. Leading right into yeah, yeah July. Uh, it's, Indiana yeah, Jones. It's Fourth
0: of July weekend, like.
1: Right. Exactly. And the other thing is, so Mission Impossible is the week after, and that's actually mm-hmm. opening on a Monday. I looked it up. It's it's literally opening so that it has the whole week. I'm sure that was Tom Cruise being like, "We need the IMAX screens for like that full week plus," because <laughs> a week and a half later is Barbie and Oppenheimer. Wait, so
0: doesn't isn't it the twelfth?
1: Well, they have like all of these advanced screenings going on that start like oh, okay. the fifth. I was looking. I was like, you could literally see it on like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's like crazy. So you know, and then we have the two most anticipated movies of the year for a lot of people. Yeah. Barbie and Oppenheimer and yeah. all of these films are hitting at the same time is there anything that I missed there I might have I don't have the list in front of me
0: um, um well let's pop on over to box office mojo
1: yeah because there is other yeah. stuff too that is going to be great like talk to me there's a bunch of horror films coming out which is so much <laughs> for four weeks <laughs> when we only have x amount of big screens to put things on any yeah. and I'm just kind of like spread it the hell out
0: Yeah, like, why are we throwing five huge movies into a 30-day period? Yeah. You know. um, There's no
1: breathing room for any of them.
0: And to be fair, I guess there have been some big stuff that's already been coming out in June. Absolutely. You know, I mean, we got Spider-Verse. We got... uh, Flash. Guardians. We got Flash. You know, um, we've, we've gotten that big stuff. But, like, you look at August, and there's really not anything yeah coming that i know of you know there's like a couple of small things here and there um i think blue beetle is coming um right. in, in august but like
1: nothing on the level it's all of pretty these.
0: small stuff yeah nothing anywhere close to this so like why not push see i went through all of those and like i literally went because this person would never let that happen like why not push oppenheimer <laughs> because christopher nolan would never would let never. that happen you know, why yeah. not push Mission Impossible because Tom Cruise Tom would Cruise. never let that happen.
1: <laughs> but um, why? So. Like, put it out a week earlier, dude. Uh, not not a week earlier, but two weeks earlier, four weeks later. Like, you're not Like, why not anymore. take
0: August and just run the table? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's weird because, so I we put a pin in this. I feel like part of this is coming off of the rearranging that Marvel did of how movies yeah. work. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of it was like, we have to schedule around these things because it's going to crush everything. And they got to a point where they were doing like, yeah, here's one in May. Here's one in June. Here's one in September. And here's one in November, you know, and like that just ran through. And, you know, it became a like whenever it came. Like, I remember uh, Deadpool was like,
1: like Valentine's February. Day weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and it was like that we were, then we were off to the races. Like, here we go. Now that that stuff is sort of falling off. And like, I say falling off knowing that like, yeah, there's like six this year. Um, Yeah.
1: So like three or four, but like they,
0: they don't, they don't command the box office like they used to. No. And I feel like this is just kind of like studios going, Oh, well, if we don't have to counter program against Marvel, july july is like summer right let's do july it's the hottest Um, that's
1: when people want to be in the theater yeah everyone's out of school
0: um yeah and out of school i think is does does have a something to play here but like
1: yeah
0: also kind of yeah
1: maybe um yeah
0: but it's like it's one of those the, the question i have is like why do we still care so much about the summer blockbuster yes I I will cede that like school is probably a big player. You know? Sure. Um but, but these I feel like these movies weekend. are not and these movies are not necessarily geared towards like kids.
1: Oppenheimer, you know, I mean, no. <laughs>
0: Oppenheimer, certainly not, no. Um but like Barbie, I suppose. Um yeah.
1: Mission Impossible, I don't but even like, think. But
0: like not even. But like that's the thing is like these aren't ones that like teenagers these days God, old Wills here. <laughs> Teenagers these days would like care about per se. Like, right. you know, cool action movie, things blowing up, but like like Mission Impossible is not a Gen Z franchise.
1: No, that's me and you. You know.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. This it's like square like I remember going to see Mission Impossible in theaters. Right. You know, um. So I don't so like why are we Binding ourselves so much to these summer months and I will, I will fold in like summer months slash like Thanksgiving and Christmas. For sure. You know?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Man, I think I literally think it's to try and get away from superhero movies. Because superhero movies, like you said, ran from February all the way to December. And, like, they would have one or two in the summer. But really, like, the big superhero movies, like Avengers was May. Like, they did May releases for those movies. And then June, July, like, there would be one maybe in August. But, like, you had. Like, they did it in May so that they could get all the repeat viewers from May all the way through August, you know? Yeah. And now. When we have movies that drop in April, like Everything Everywhere, or John Wick 4, and they do $400, $500 million, and it doesn't really matter when things release anymore, Yeah, I think it's just holdover. I think it's like, oh, well, uh, you know, and Barbie and Oppenheimer is such a specific example because those dates were set in stone long before we had to do it. Like, those were going to come out on the 21st of July, no matter what.
0: Well... (laughs) <laughs> and there is like an organic mythos that is like forming around this of right. like how many memes do you see of like going to see Barbie and Oppenheimer in the same like there there people are glomming on to the fact that it's two absurdly separate concepts head to head and like right. that's an interesting thing that's like I think no one could have predicted is just kind of taking on a world of its own. But um Right. Yeah, like it's one of those it seems like something to me at least, and we can tie in streaming into this as well. Like, Mm -hmm. it seems like something that is like an old Hollywood mentality by old Hollywood. I mean, like, you know, early 2010s, not like 1950, Um, (laughs) but it's like an early 2010. Yeah. Uh, idea. That's just like, not as applicable anymore. I think maybe you have a bump from being in the summer, but like, not enough to merit being directly up against like another movie. You know what I mean? Like the idea that people are going to go see more movies in the summertime, the percentage of those people that go see movies more in the summertime is not equal to the percentage that you're going to lose from counter programming a week against Oppenheimer. Right. Did that make sense?
1: I think so. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, it. Yeah. Okay. If
0: you like, if it has to be in July, if you're like more people will see this movie in July, mm-hmm. saying that that group of more people that are going to see this in July is probably offset by the fact that it's right up against Oppenheimer.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Like the yeah. bonus you're getting from being in July is probably counteracted from counter-programming. And it's True. like, you know, like why put up with counter-programming if there's time a couple weeks out Or like in September, it's not fighting anything where you can literally Tom Cruise, you can have all of the IMAX screens for weeks,
1: weeks, a month, probably.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm sure there is something to be said for like, this was all set a while ago and like, it's too late to change it now. And like, I'm sure it is. But like,
1: yeah, I don't know. We see
0: these things get moved all the time, like months before they come out, like, like You chose this. Um, Right. And it's still going to do gangbusters. Like, you know, it's still going to be a big, it's going to be a big July, which is awesome.
1: It's cool. Um, Yeah. It's, yeah, but it's tough though. And, um, going back to what you said earlier and like you said, like, you know, early 2010s, even like 2000s, but I'm going to go back even further when people used to go back and see Star Wars seven, eight, nine times in sure. July, you know, and when there actually was a negative stigma against movies that released in January and February. And it's like, isn't January a great time to release a movie? everyone's inside nobody wants to do like i'd rather just go sit in a theater somewhere there's nothing to do it's like there's so many of these stigmas against or for different sections of the year that just don't really mean anything anymore um yeah and i think all of it is just holdover and being like oh well you know july is the month for movies it's like i don't know man i know a lot of people who just go away during july and like don't see anything it's like i just
0: well and it's like i don't know if that there's data to back that up yeah
1: Right, exactly. So I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I, there are, there were many weeks in this year alone that we were like, oh, there's nothing premiering in theaters. So, okay. Yeah, I guess, guess we'll we're, just, we're, yeah. It's like, just take over that, dude. Like, if, if it's not about the time period, it's about the movie. If Oppenheimer released mm-hmm. January 2nd, people are going to go see it. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's July 21st. And I think we, well, the I mean, industry needs to get out of that. <laughs>
0: And like, if you were trying to get a smaller thing, mm. the most eyes you could find for it, you know what I mean? Then, yeah. then I get it. Like sure. if you're trying to, let me try and find something here. Um,
1: I mean, you could say past okay. lives.
0: Well, sure. Okay. But I'm thinking more blockbuster. Um, and I uh, just happen uh. to have the domestic box office open in front of me here. So I'm going to go with plane. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Gerard Jerry Butler. Butler's plane. Uh, If you have plane and you're like plane, which released in January. So like (laughs) asterisks on everything I'm about to say. (laughs) Uh, But like, if you have plane and you're like, I want to get the most money possible out of this. And I think this has the potential to be a huge franchise. We're going to make plane 2 We're going to make boat. We're going to make train, Mm -hmm. you know, then I'm like, let's pull out every little stop we can find and like parking this in August makes sense because it's like, I will bet that more people do go to the theaters in, in the summer. I, sure. I will see that fact. Totally. Um, and like, you know, like let's get all the numbers that we can. But like when you have something like Mission Impossible 7 or Fast X or Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, those metrics aren't don't matter anymore because.
1: It's built in hype.
0: The people that are going to go see that are going to go see that whenever yeah, it comes no out. No matter
1: what. Yeah.
0: So unless there's some unknown metric that we're seeing here that's like, well, you know, people don't go to the movies, don't go to matinees during the winter, period. Like
1: Right. That's
0: I guess, maybe. but I don't think that's true. Like
1: <laughs> Right. Especially now.
0: I yeah. I don't know, man. Um I,
1: I, I don't know either. And you're I'm,
0: fighting streaming.
1: That's the you're thing. You're fighting
0: every streaming release.
1: That's the thing. And maybe that's what it is too. It's like they're they're the movies that hit theaters need to be of a certain level of you know not hype but like you have to be intrigued by it and whether or not that means it's it's another spider verse movie or not like even you saying yeah I think maybe I'll just wait and see this when it comes to streaming it's like uh, uh, there are more people that do that than not and mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. This is such a weird period in time for this type of stuff. And I just don't know what the... I don't know. I don't know what they are going to do about it. Um, I say spread it the fuck out. Because like, movies are bombing that you'd never think were bombing. Or or, or that you'd never think would bomb in the past. And movies are doing really well that you never would have thought would have done well in the past. So it's all changing. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean,
0: we you said before is we had all of this thought about like, yep, here comes the world of everything being like a metric, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's like, well, we're just going to figure out the algorithm of what makes money at the theaters. Right. You know? And I think the more and more we like observe this more, we're just going back to the old Hollywood, like phrase of nobody knows anything. Like, right. It's You know, who knows? Like,
1: who knows? Who knows? Literally. It's, it's so crazy. And like the fact that superhero movies was that, pillar for so long and then fell off so rapidly you're right nobody knows anything um and a perfect example of that is uh our guy david zasloff (laughs) um which i'm sure he's a smart guy you don't get to a position like that by being a complete buffoon but he has made some very 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 interesting choices that would have everybody believing to the contrary so if you don't know yeah. David Zasloff is now the current CEO of Warner Brothers Discover Warner Media No, Warner what is it?
0: Warner Brothers Discovery.
1: Warner Brothers Discovery, which was the merger between uh Warner Brothers and Discovery, believe it or not. Yes. Um, and he actually was the person who pushed that through. He was the guy who was like, We have yes. to do this. This is this is the thing to do. He was also the guy who dropped the HBO from HBO Max and merged Discovery Plus and HBO Max into just Max, which was also a very interesting thing. And the guy just, the more we learn about him, the more I watch him work.
0: He's having a tough month.
1: He's having a really tough, he's having a tough career right now, which is interesting because the most recent, uh, I guess, controversy that he's been a part of is... Turner Classic Movies which is a technically now it's a segment of Max which houses all the Turner yes. Classic Movies which was owned by Warner Brothers for a very, since I believe yeah. it's inception. And over the last week or two there has been some reports that he has cut 70 employees from the original 90. Which were everything from the vice president of brand creative, uh, brand creative and marketing to um, like studio production and content strategy, like the general yeah. manager, like a ton of high level executive positions that I'm sure were costing them a lot of money to keep on the payroll. Which I believe is the reason why all of this is happening because he is tasked with. Making more money for Warner Brothers discovery and well, not so much
0: even <laughs> making more money, but like getting them wildly out of debt because yeah. the merger cost them something like I, I want to say a couple billion dollars easily Um, that they now have to get their books, you know, in the plus column, which is why we're getting all kinds of like tax write off stuff on like Batgirl and like all that, just like cutting right. every little fat that they can because they have no money.
1: Exactly. And the reason we're bringing up TCM or Turner Classic Movies is because this is an incredibly important. If this were to go away, this would be kind of catastrophic. And I don't really know what it means for, like, what happens to these films. Like, obviously, you can still find a lot of these on the Criterion Collection, but it's like this was such an easy way of being able to go back and just watch any of the the movies from from those yeah. three studios from that era. And this really, for me, solidifies where these people's heads are at when it comes to what they're trying to do. Because this being something that they're just ready to cut without really seemingly have a second thought means that you don't really care about the preservation of cinema. You just want to keep making money, and that's been the case, but it's very, very clear with this. Yeah, so my
0: thing is, and this is not like, I think David Zaslav doesn't really understand what he's doing. Yeah. Because you look at, I mean, like, like real talk, if you look at his career history, Mm
1: -hmm. he started at NBC
0: Universal. Yeah. And responsible for distribution for a lot of their different like brands like Bravo and sci-fi and sleuth and. USA, A&E, History Channel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, And then went to Discovery, which is like very much kind of the same lane. You know, you get like HGTV and you get like all the stuff that's now in Max. Um, Totally. The Oprah Winfrey Network, like Planet Green, all that kind of different stuff. That catalog of content is so far away from... Turner classic movies. Yeah. Just in terms of not only like (laughs) time it was made, but like content, like, (laughs) and like, I'll put that in the same vein as like HBO stuff is like, this is like, like he's been dealing with TV. Mm Mm-hmm. And now he's dealing with cinema, which is honestly where I think the disconnect is happening for him is like he's like trying totally. to apply these rules. And again, this is all speculative, but like he's trying to apply these rules that he's learned over his career as well. He should, you know, like that's what his resume is that what, what gives him the ability to do this. But like it's right. the kind of thing where I think cinema and like HBO and that kind of stuff, like objectively is like the kind of the same thing. But like in reality, it's not
1: very, deep. you know, yeah.
0: It's like, and it has a very different user base, user base, viewer base. Um, yeah. That's just like not meshing with him. I don't think he gets it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, and I can see from like the finance position to be like, like, I don't know how many people really watch this. Like.
1: Yeah. Met- know, based like, on is numbers. This something
0: based on numbers? I can see like, yeah. Like Turner Classic Movies probably doesn't rake in the dollars, you know, um, right. The Magnolia network probably is like four or five, six times what TCM is, is doing. Sure. Um, but like, there's a, a, like a higher calling to it almost of like, this is, part like i'm trying to figure out how to phrase this without being like disrespectful to like all the people that make like <laughs> the stuff on on discovery you know but like there it's there's difficult. a level of like cinema that's built in here of like you know this is the stuff that the auteurs look to and the stuff that like they aspire to and like you know there's certainly a, a level of people that want to become you know hosts on an hgtv show for sure um, but that kind of content doesn't really inspire. Sure. Um, And the stuff that plays on Turner classics totally can.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's a big difference between something that you could consider content versus something that you would consider like meaningful. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And um, like you said, going from discovery as being the, the CEO of Discovery Communications to being the overall CEO of now HBO, Warner Brothers, and all of this Discovery stuff that's under that umbrella is completely different. It's just completely different, and he's not thinking like that, which is, that's I mean, you're right. It's where the problems, I believe, are coming from. And it's funny because it was reported that Right after uh, 70 employees were cut of the original 90 employees, Scorsese, PTA, and Spielberg all got on a call with him to basically be like, bro, what are you doing? Because another one of the... I guess one of his things he was touting was like we are going to bring cinema back. Like we are we are here for the filmmakers. Yeah. Like that was a big thing for them. And then to turn around and do this means that you don't really know what that even means. Like you don't know what that means to be here for the filmmakers. Like and yeah. same thing with the whole Batgirl fiasco. It's like you took a tax write down on Batgirl, released Flash, Flash is not going to make nearly its budget back. So what's that mean? Like what you've taken a loss on, like you don't really understand what you're doing here, you know? And so that's what it comes down to. I just don't think he, he's not fit for this type of position.
0: Well, and he (laughs) keeps having a lot of kind of tone deaf moments as well. They threw a huge party at Cannes and like everyone was basically slamming him for being like, wow, way to like party with celebrities when there's like a massive writer strike going on. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like tone deaf stuff like that. I did see a thing that is like, what was the line? It was like, he, it's the most transparent drug-like addiction to celebrity that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And like, that's kind of what it seems like is like he wants to be playing with these, the big boys. You know, he wants to be part of the cinema kind of thing, but like he's trying to apply rules he learned from content to right. cinema and it's not working. It's a oh. similar kind of vibe. Like we're getting the same vibe off of him that we got off of, uh, Bob Chapek there in Disney.
1: And what happened to you him? Know,
0: where it's like, mm. he's, he's coming in and saying like, he's coming from the Bob Chapek came from the, uh, the parks part of Disney. Right. And like took over all this cinema stuff and was like, yeah, like we're going to like do all this and just error after error, after error, after error of like, This isn't how this works. Right. And it's one of those, it's like, you can have all the best intentions, but if you keep like fucking up like this, it's like, you know...
1: The company can only withstand so much. And granted, you are the CEO of this company, but there's a board that you have to answer to. <laughs> yeah. like, it's not just one person is in charge of this whole thing and you can do whatever you want to. As we saw from Chapek being outed and Iger coming back in. It's like these things yeah. happen when you screw up. And another thing that he did was um, he handpicked a CEO for CNN, which...
0: Yes, imploded oh, well on the, him within if you want to get into cnn that's a whole nother ball it's
1: a but whole nother like, thing but it's it just um, adds to his his like reign of just utter failure when it comes to making decisions it's just so strange that i'm like yeah everything even his commencement at boston it's like all of this is just doesn't you're not thinking like what is going on yeah. here during a writer strike yeah. you're gonna go like come on um so i wonder I, yeah what's i gonna think happen he just kind
0: of I, it doesn't seem tenable. Like it doesn't seem like he could sustain this kind of like path. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I will say like the max rollout, like the app is fine. Like it happened, you know, good sure. on that. That's, you know, something a win for him, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Um, But that's like, you know, the perception of that is not that big. You know what I mean? It's like, yep. Okay. It's a new app. Um, the win is also kind of stunted by the fact that like a lot of people are going like, you got rid of HBO in your name. Okay. The profitable Um, part. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I like, it's, it, it's weird because we do this podcast and we are, we are so tuned into this kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I'm like, I don't see David Zaslav being around for a long time. no, you know what I mean we don't hear this stuff from like Bob Iger or um, or like Brian Robbins the CEO of Paramount Yeah. um,
1: never hear about uh, him
0: yeah I mean there's like all these different things there's like there's a level to which stuff just kind of you either know what you're doing or you don't and when you don't it just kind of continually snowballs
1: right and money is money and if you lose enough of it money. People get really fucking mad at you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, so, and money is money for sure. But also like your public relations is not nothing. No, like especially now, <laughs> like the board of Warner discovery, like can't be thrilled that he's actively out there getting booed, Right. you know? And then there's article after article after article about it. Like that's, that's not great public relations right there. That's really bad public relations. <laughs>
1: it is it so. is so yeah we'll we'll keep tabs on this guy cuz he keeps showing back up in the news and we'll see what happens but i don't see his run lasting very long um but we'll see we'll definitely see and uh i guess that'll do it for this uh, little yeah little I was gonna say gripe fest but I don't think it was I think we're just like airing things I don't think out
0: we gripe that much no I just mean just like the the, the Zaslav stuff I'm just like I want to like what are you doing man
1: yeah what's going on
0: like I, he may have a whole plan you know what I mean he may be like doing all this shit but he's like look our like debt is gonna be gone in a year or two years like right you know and if if he can pull that off then like the like, board team be like, rock and roll. Okay, whatever. Boom cool. Boo them all you want. You know.
1: We're back in the green. Yeah. Yeah,
0: but I don't think that's how that's gonna go down.
1: I don't either. I really don't. Um, so. Yeah, we'll see. We'll definitely see. <laughs> um, shall we do some recommendations? Yeah. So, what did we land on? Uh, a good movie that you watched in twenty twenty three. Or a good movie. I, I have know one that, you... that I watched
0: in 2023. Okay, or no, that I that I uh, that is from 2023.
1: From 2023. Okay. Yes. I think I can do that too. Hold on.
0: So our our prompt today, in that uh, tomorrow, being Friday, mm-hmm. uh, is the midpoint of the year. Yes. Of 2023. So we're halfway through the the uh, the content slate for 2023. God. Um which means we thought we'd take a look at uh, what our favorite movie thus far or what a really good movie thus far from 2023. Uh, yes. Is. Um, yes. I had a really hard time for this because I looked at all the movies from 2023 that I've watched <laughs> and I went like, wow, what a big list of shitty movies. <laughs> um, quasi? I need to start is watching better movies. Quasi is uh, <laughs> that was one of the ones I was like, hold on. Let me let me let me bring this up real quick. Cause it's uh, it's not a good list.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. So highlights from movies in 2023 from 2023 that I've watched uh, include Quasi, like we said, Ghosted. There you go. Uh, Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Good God. Uh, Failed, The Wrath of Becky, um, <laughs> Inside, which I wanted to really like, but was ultimately not that successful. But like that, like I'm like, it's not a great. List not a great that lineup. I've Seen so far this year. Yeah. Um I will say also that's because I don't go to the theaters and a lot of the good stuff that's come out I think has not made it uh to, to us yet, to me here on the, my uh home screen. But It's true. It is true. Um but I will roll into I think straight into my uh yeah. recommendation here and recommend Tetris.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: Um I really like this movie. I was super surprised by this movie. Um it kind of took me completely by surprise streaming Mm -hmm. on apple plus um i saw the trailer originally and i was like this is going to be this like most insane stupid movie i've ever seen like yeah it's taron edgerton as like the guy who like not even invented tetris but like fought for the rights to have tetris distributed like (laughs)
1: yeah
0: what a setup um
1: very intriguing. But
0: this movie's crazy. This I love this movie. Um it's really dramatic. It's I would maybe a little over dramatic at times, but
1: eh.
0: Every time I think of this, I just come back to the fact that this is an insane Soviet Cold War movie that all has to do with like video what? game distribution.
1: Tetris.
0: Like it's absurdist at its core because it's like about an absurd topic. Right. Um and I'm all about
1: it. It works. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh directed by John Bayard, um, who you may also know from not really anything.
1: Mm. Oh, that's interesting.
0: Couple T V episodes here and there. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple features under his belt, but nothing nothing notable. Nothing but huge. um it'll be see it'll be interesting to see what uh what comes from him next.
1: Yeah. A lot of these like um, brands as films, filmmakers. I'm really eager to see what happens with all of them coming up because I'm like, yeah, you just got your shot to do like the, you know, the yeah. <laughs> whatever, the Blackberry film. Let's see what you got next. Um, that's good. I still haven't checked out Tetris, but I do need to watch it because I've heard good things about it. I'm going to, um,
0: I will, I will keep bringing it up because it is
1: worth, worth seeing. Yeah. 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 I like Taron. I think he's got a very interesting career thus far. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh and that was Apple TV you said?
0: That's Apple TV. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Um what I'm going to go with is uh I'm going to recommend Evil Dead Rise cuz it's on Max now. Um nice. I saw and- that today actually. You wa- you didn't watch it today, did you? No, I saw it. Oh, on okay, Max okay. Today. I was like, I didn't, watch it. No, yeah, didn't yeah. even bring that up. Okay, um,
0: just blew past that on YouTube, <laughs> and I was, like, nah. <laughs> I was like, okay, uh,
1: yeah. So this is the uh, fifth Evil Dead movie, I believe. Um, which about right. yeah, which is, you know, about as simple as it gets. It is an Evil Dead film that takes place in a separate location from the originals, and. The reason I'm going to recommend this is because it is a lot of fun. Now, I will say, it is intense. And I said this when I did my whole tuned-in spiel a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. It is a very intense movie. But it's not intense in a way that is... uh, I can't even say that. I was going to say it's not intense in the way that it's upsetting. But it could upset you. Like There are things in it that are very disturbing. But it's playful enough... Where I just had such a fucking blast with this film, and I actually can't wait to watch it again um, because it really is balls to the wall. And especially the last thirty minutes, you're just like, it is. It is graphic, but it is they're having so much fun making this film, and there's blood raining down yeah. on everybody, and weird monsters, creatures, multiple arms. Like it's just an Evil Dead film through and through. That's just a little more intense than they could get away with in the '80s, you know? Um, sure. But I thought this was really, really solid, a lot better than Fede Alvarez's uh, version in 2013, and I recommend it. Evil Dead Rise, it's on max right now. Um, It's a lot of fun, but be warned. Get through the first 15 and see what you feel like, and then, you know, you'll you'll know from there whether or not you should continue on. (laughs) But I I liked it. I had a good time. So, um, yeah. So. There you go. There you go. Evil did rise in Tetris. Not a not a good e- double feature, I don't think. Yeah, maybe. You never know. It'd um, be odd, yeah. And that'll do it for this episode, folks.
0: And that'll do it.
1: God, it's getting a little. Uh,
0: so let's bring it home. Yeah. Uh, Josh, where can people find you on the internet?
1: People can find me on the internet on Instagram and on Letterboxed at Josh J Fuller. And where can people find you, Willis?
0: Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Willis Film. Uh, and if you want to find the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at Pixel Splitters. You can find us on Letterboxd at Pixel Splitters, uh, where you find all of our recommendations, including, like we said, Tetris and Evil Dead Rise.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Both of Rises, them are streaming. Rise. Evil Rise. Dead Rises. Rise. 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 Okay. There wow. you go.
0: Both are streaming. It's true.
1: Yes. Yes. So. <laughs>
0: So there we go. Um, I will say, I believe we are going to be off next week for the 4th of July. We are. Um, So enjoy your holiday. Um, Mm -hmm. And we'll be back after that uh, with all the news that's fit to print.
1: Yes. Oh, actually, the week we get back is Megapixels, isn't it?
0: Oh, that's true. Yes. Ooh. All right. We're not going to reveal what it is, uh, but but an interesting Megapixels episode coming at you. It's true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So there we go. All right, let's wrap it up. Josh, you want to take us out?
1: Uh, I do. End of pod.